Hey, 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 my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the 123 Mom Squad podcast. Today's episode, I'm speaking with Marie Feedback from Feed Your Family Tonight. This is super cool because she has developed a system to help get meals planned ahead of time so you can put these meals on the dinner table quickly and also feed your family, you know, some decent meals and not just all the frozen chicken nuggies from the freezer section. But um, she's got some really cool, neat tips and tricks. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, I hope you are all following me on my social media. Everything is at 123 Mom Squad on Twitter, Facebook, and then I am also on Instagram at Jenny.Lynn underscore. And Jenny is J-E-N-N-I-E dot Lynn, L-Y-N-N underscore. It does come up as 123BobSquad. And I'm also on LinkedIn. You can check me out there as well. Go to my website at 123MomSquad.com. Sign up for my weekly emails. They have some awesome, just inspirational quotes and some information that I do on certain, um, like, just lifestyle hacks, life balance, self-development, stuff like that, that you'll find interesting. So Marie's bio kind of goes, do you ever get overwhelmed figuring out what to have for dinner every single day? I think all of us think that all day long, right? Well, Marie is a married mother of four kids from 14 to 19. She found Feed Your Family tonight to help the busy families eat dinner together at home and recapture a little calm in the crazy. She's a business owner, podcaster, and has a regular cooking show segment on her local ABC affiliate. Marie knows how hard it is to get dinner on the table, whether you're working until six, running kids after school activities, or chasing the little ones all day long, as we all have. She has dealt with picky eaters, food allergies, and busy schedules, but still manages to feed her family a home-cooked meal almost every night and wants you to do the same. She is all over the internet at Feed Your Family Tonight, and that is also the name of her podcast. So let's get to it our conversation with Marie. Hello, hello, my friends. I am Jenny Lynn, and this is my show. I am a wife and mom of two crazy kiddos. I have struggled many years with chronic illness and pain. I have a passion to find out as much as I can while navigating through life, not always feeling 100%. I have realized that having a positive mindset is a must in today's crazy world. You deserve to live this life showing up as your best self, and I can help you get there. If you've been feeling lost after becoming a mom, you're not alone. I know that incredible woman is still in there, just begging to be found. I am here to create a safe, non-judgmental space for like-minded women. Let's empower each other. I am so happy you're here. Now, let's jump into the 123 Mom Squad podcast with me, Jenny Lynn. Hi, good afternoon, Marie. How are you today? Oh, Jenny, I'm doing great. It's so fun to be here with you today. Absolutely. It's always fun talking to new people and meeting them and learning about their lifestyle and their journey. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So Marie is a married mother of four kids from 14 to 19 years old. She is the founder of the Feed Your Family Tonight to help keep your busy families eating healthy at the dinner table to hold our conversations and to keep our relationships alive. So um, let's get into it. Let's talk about why you started this and what was your passion around it? First of all, since I was a very young child, I have always loved the food world. I loved watching food TV. I competed in cooking competitions when I was in middle school. I've always loved food. So that's something that has always been important to me. But when I was um, about 2017, I was working a contract job and my contract was ending. And I was taking an entrepreneurship class because I always felt there was a business inside me. And this entrepreneur leader taught us to go with what you know and with what people were asking you for help with already. And at that time, I have twins that are twin girls that are now 14 years old. They're my youngest. They were playing competitive soccer. And if you have a kid in competitive sports, you know that all of the practices and all of the games are right in the middle of the dinner hour. And I'm sitting on the sidelines of the practices and the games with all of these other moms. And they say, we're going to hit the drive-through. We're going to go home, eat dinner, um, get the kids homework done, get them in the bath and get them to bed. And I was doing all of those things except for hitting the drive-through. And they kept asking me, well, how are you getting dinner on the table? And so I had to reverse engineer what I did naturally to come up with my three-step process for weeknight dinner success. And I started teaching that I wrote a cookbook and then started doing food television on my local ABC affiliate. And it's just kind of slowly expanded from there. So that's how I got started feeding families. It was because this is what friends were asking me about because I was doing something different than they were. Wow. That's, that's quite a story. And I am curious as I'm sure a lot of my listeners, how did you do that? And how do you get your family to try new things? Well, let's, let's start with how I did it first. And then we'll move into how we get to try new things. I have kind of a three-step process. I have a free weekly meal planning sheet that your listeners can get. It's at feedyourfamilytonight.com slash plan. And that free weekly meal planning sheet walks you through my three-step process. The first thing is you cannot figure out what you're going to eat until you figure out when you're going to eat. So we start by listing your activities. And that is part of the P I call it my PSA. And I'm a child of the eighties and we had these like, you know, cheesy public service announcements that (laughs) were there to teach morals. So P is plan and prep. You write down your activities and then you do what I call it S set a dinner bell, which is the target time you are going to eat. Because in my house, we do not eat dinner at five 30 every night. Some days it's at five 30. Some days it's at seven 15. Some days it's at six 30, all depending upon what's happening in our household. And so the dinner bell is the target time. And you are going to eat once you know what your activities are like, and when you're actually going to try and eat, then you can plan meals that work with your schedule. So on a day where you've got piano from 345 to 445, soccer from five until six and a PTO meeting at seven, which is a real day I've had in my life, you need something that can go in the oven while you're running your kids to soccer that can come out and you have to eat dinner at 615 the second you walk in the door from soccer so you can eat, get things cleaned up and get out the door to your seven o'clock PTO meeting. So you, you've listed your activities, you have set your dinner bell, 
You have planned your meals according to your thing. The second part of the P is to prep. And what I want families to do is to think about what can I do today to be successful later in the week. And you are going to write your prep on the day you need to do it, not the day of the meal. So if I am having roast beef on Sunday night, on Friday, I'm going to say, take roast out of the freezer. On Saturday, I'm going to say, salt the roast, and then I can cook it on Sunday. Or if I'm having red beans and rice on Thursday, on Wednesday, I'm going to write soak beans. So any little piece of prep that you can do today to be successful later in the week and get in the habit of doing a little prep either in the morning when you're cleaning up breakfast dishes or in the evening when you're cleaning up your dinner dishes. And those are two times where your kitchen's already messy, a cutting board's already out. It's a good time to throw some salt on some meat or put some take some meat from the freezer and put it in your refrigerator so it can thaw for the next day. All of these things make it easier. Now, my A of the PSA, Jenny, is always have a backup because everyone has days where the wheels fall off. You know, maybe you're having an autoimmune flare up and you are toast and you don't have the energy to fix dinner, or maybe your daughter breaks a bracket on her braces and you're stuck at the orthodontist office for an hour and a half in the afternoon, or maybe you had thought that you were going to have time to fix dinner and you had a day where you had meeting, 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 and you didn't catch your breath. And by the time you get home from work, you're toast. What I call a backup is anything that you can get on the table in 20 minutes or less with ingredients you keep in your house all the time, because by the time you need a backup, it's too late to go to the grocery store. So I keep tortillas in my freezer, a can of refried beans and a bag of frozen shredded cheddar cheese. And I can make a bean and cheese quesadilla in 20 minutes. I also keep cooked chicken in my freezer all the time, a box of chicken broth and a box of noodles, and I can make chicken noodle soup. A lot of families do breakfast for dinner. I don't know. Does your family like breakfast for dinner? Yeah. Pancakes, eggs, bacon. Yeah. You name it. Yeah. Yeah. So keep a box of pancake mix and a dozen eggs and you can get pancakes on the table in 20 minutes or less. But, and so plan and prep, set a dinner bell and always have a backup. And that's kind of the core process. But you kind of asked me another question, Jenny, and that was, how do you get your family to try new things? Absolutely. Yep. And I have a concept of base ingredients and base flavors on the Feed Your Family Tonight podcast is episode 146. And it is one of my pivotal episodes that I share with people over and over again. It's how to pick a recipe your family will eat. And my basic concept in that podcast is that you cannot change the base ingredients and the base flavors at the same time. So let me give you an example. If your family is used to eating spaghetti with meat sauce, you do not want to change them to a chickpea curry in one fell swoop. Now you can get to a chickpea curry, but you have to do it in incremental steps. So I would start with go. So, you know, you've got a spaghetti meat sauce to something that has, that has the oregano type of flavors. Then you have the the curry, which has the coriander and the cumin and, and those types of spices. And you have the chickpeas, which is a vegetarian ingredient. So maybe you start with a lentil spaghetti that has the same, um, oregano and basil and tomato sauce. And then you slowly move your way to something that has the tomatoes, but it has some of those curry flavors, but you're having a meat with it and you're making small incremental changes. So you want to look for recipes that have either the same base ingredients 
or the same base flavors as things that your family already likes. When you're looking at recipes, if it doesn't have 50% ingredients that are familiar to your family, just flip past that recipe. Don't even mess with it. And maybe in a couple of years, you can. I've, I told you the story one time when we were talking, Jenny, about how when I started Feed Your Family Tonight in 2017 and I was speaking all over Kansas, I would have people raise their hands. How many of you have families that will eat chicken enchiladas? Will your family eat chicken enchiladas, Jenny? Yes. Yes. Okay. My family in 2017 would not. Most, most kids are like, oh, chicken enchiladas. That's awesome. My family wouldn't do it, but it is now one of their favorite meals. But what it took to get them there was I started off going from beef tacos to chicken tacos. I use the exact same taco mix that I have on my website. I just changed the protein. And when I changed the protein, chicken is a little bit wetter than ground beef. So my family got used to a different protein and they got used to a wetter texture. And then one time my kids said, I want to try tater tot casserole. And I was like, I don't make casseroles. Like my kids didn't like casseroles, things that were mixed together. They wouldn't touch it. They had to have things that were really, really plain, but they asked for a tater tot casserole. So I made a really basic tater tot casserole. It was meat and vegetables and like a little bit of beef broth. Like it was very, very, very basic. And my kids got used to eating something that was kind of like a casserole, which chicken enchiladas for all intents and purposes are a casserole. And so I got them used to that. And then I got them from hard tortillas to soft tortillas. You know, you go from hard taco shells to soft taco shells with the chicken meat and these small incremental steps. Eventually I could make chicken enchiladas and my family's like, this is delicious. But four years earlier, there was no way they were going to touch it with a 10 foot pole. So small little incremental changes is how you expand your family's palate. Let's take a quick break. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. You know, it's, it's very, it's almost like, yeah, you know, I get that. And it's, it's like, how come I didn't think of that before? But you know what, you, you just don't, I guess if you're not in the food thinking, you know, I mean, I, I enjoy cooking. I do. I find that, um, I just don't have the time that I want to, to do it. I mean, there are days that I can, you know, stand in the kitchen and spend more time, but like you said, I mean, it's funny your days. I mean, you know, when you have more than one kid and you, you are, you're running from point A to B or, you know, your spouse or significant other has to take the other one because it's at the same time and everybody's all over, you know, and you're passing by, and you're like, Hey, okay. I'll see you in an hour and a half and you <laughs> come home. And, um, it is, it's definitely difficult to, um, to put dinner on the table most nights. Um, but I have a question for you. Yeah. So what happens when one of your family members does not eat meat and you find yourself then sort of preparing almost like two meals or having to prep for two meals for one day. 
Okay. So I have a couple of things there. Um, I've got one kid that's, that needs an incredible amount of protein and another kid that could live off of carbs and their bodies are just different and they just act different. So I know what that is like. The thing is that I look for recipes that I can pull apart at different levels and pull out what I need for that particular child. So a good example is we could use spaghetti. One kid that really can't have very many carbs, I might make them some spaghetti squash. So they're having that instead of the spaghetti noodles and I'm making a sauce and I will have part of it with meat and then I will make part of it without. So I might cook the meat separately and then have it deconstructed and everybody can put what they can eat or prefer to eat on it. So that, so that is something a lot of times I'll do, um, like an entire grill full of grilled chicken in the summer. Like I will fill my grill with grilled chicken breasts and I will make enough. And then when we are eating, I can make a chicken Caesar salad, but the kid that's not going to eat the chicken can just have a salad with other fixings on top of it. And the kid that needs a lot of meat can have a salad that doesn't have a lot of croutons, but can have tons and tons of grilled chicken on it. So if you're fixing proteins and you can add them to different things, then that same grilled chicken can go into a chicken enchilada. It can go into a pasta dish that has chicken and roasted tomatoes. And then the kid that doesn't eat the chicken, they're going to eat the pasta and the roasted tomatoes. So if you look at meal components and you can pull out the different components that your kids can or won't, you know, I mean, it can go either way with the kids, you know, um, can or won't eat, then you can be, um, you're, you're only making one thing and they're just eating the parts of it that they can eat. So you're not making two separate meals because I am not a fan of that. I I really believe another one of my really like, this is like a go-to feed your family tonight recipe is cheeseburger baked potatoes. And I've got one kid that will not eat russet potatoes, but they love sweet potatoes. One kid that really doesn't like the hamburger part. It's really, it's hamburger and onions that are cooked in And then you put it on top of baked potatoes with like pickles and mustard and cheese. One kid that's dairy free. So they're not putting any cheese on it. The kid that doesn't like the meat puts a ton of cheese on it and might throw on, you know, some other veggies on top. And then, you know, the rest of the family's having it with the pickles and the mustard and the meat. One's got on a recipe potato. One's got on a sweet potato. So everybody's having something different, but I really only made one thing because they're all just picking out the parts that they can eat. And so I would really look for meals where everybody can have the part that they can eat, but you're still only really making one thing. Cause I'm just not a fan. So, you know, you're baking potatoes. It's what big deal is it to bake a sweet potato and a recipe potato? Not, not that big of a deal, you know, and the kid that's not eating meat, they can add a little more cheese to it if they want. So they're getting a little bit of more fat, a little bit of, you know, protein in a different form. That's what I'd recommend. Okay. I got you. I see where you're going with that. So, I mean, a lot of this, when it comes to, I, I guess, putting, you know, putting um, a dinner on the table and everything is, is really just, it comes down to prep. It comes down yes. to having the time to really prep and be um, consistent. I apologize. My daughter walked by my office and all four dogs just decided to attack her through the glass. In any event, um, so, um, and now I lost my train of thought. Oh, prep, you're prepping. So when you prep, when, and you said you, you prep like almost like the day before. So you're also setting like your week with times and your schedule where the kids kind of got to go and where they have to be. Um, I guess that's got to take, 
some, I guess, almost like, like a habit to kind of get into doing something like that. What is, do you have any recommendations on how to create a habit like that? I mean, even myself, I have a very hard time sitting down and being like, okay, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to get from the, the, from the grocery store today, you know, in order to, to prep for the week. And then even still like you prep for one day and you're like, I can't, now I don't have time to do it. Or you had to run to the doctors or go get the kids. And now that meal won't make it on the table. So then, then what do I do? Where do I go? <laughs> I am so sorry. Oh, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. Okay. Well, the first thing is, is I want people to start planning their meals at the beginning of the week. For me, that is on Mondays, but for you, that might be on a Saturday because you're doing your stuff over the weekend, especially if you're a work out of the home mom, Saturdays are often better than Mondays. For me, Mondays have been working, but what I want you to think about is that if you take 10 minutes at the beginning of the week and you plan your meals, you are going to save yourself so much time and so much brain space, because if you are not planning at the beginning of the week all day long, you're thinking I've got to make dinner at five o'clock. I have hamburger and I have chicken breasts and I could use the hamburger on this, but tomorrow I've got this happening. So it might be better if I, and you are wasting brain space that is taking yes. so much brain space. So 10 minutes at the, at the beginning of the week, the average person, this was a study out of Cornell makes 236 food decisions a day. And if you are a mom, I'm going to say it's going to be double that. Now that's not been researched, but that is my personal experience. And so 10 minutes at the beginning of the week takes those 236 a day and puts almost all of them at the beginning of the week. So that's the first thing is when you have your meal plan, then you know what you need to be prepping. And you are going to think about what's happening on that busy day because you write your schedule with that feed your family tonight meal planning sheet. So that's, and then you can start building the habit. Now I, my thing with habits is you have got to start crazy, crazy small. Do not expect yourself to go in and be wonder woman. Even don't even expect yourself to plan every week. It's going to take a long time to get in the habit. And I will be honest with you. If I was not dedicated to posting my meal plan every Monday on Instagram for my followers, there would be weeks that I wouldn't do it. Okay. So, I totally so, start, yep. so start, so start small, find a way to be accountable. And then, so when I say start small, I want you to every night when you wash the dishes, look at your meal plan for the next day. And if you need to thaw meat, take the meat out of the freezer. And if you can do that for a month, then you can start adding in a little bit more and adding a little bit more. I have a feed your family tonight meal planning system. It is a comprehensive system with video trainings to help you index your recipes. But what makes it different than any other kind of recipe index is the first thing is you're not like having to type everything in and you're not having to like print off all your recipes and put them in a binder. You'll make a small binder with this index, but the index is going to say this recipe is in my pioneer one woman cookbook. And this recipe is from feed your family tonight online. And this, and so it'll tell you where to go to the recipes, but so you have them, but even more important than that is how much time does it take? And I want you to start looking at your recipes and I want you to look, separate cook time from prep time. Cook time is when you are adding heat and prep time is everything else. And hmm. most recipes, you don't have to do those at the same time. They're listed at the same time on the recipe as if you're going to do it start to finish, 
Right. But when you start separating those two things and you start getting in the habit of doing some of that prep, which is anything that's not adding heat at a different time of day. And for me, when I do the dinner dishes works well for me, but you, it might be after breakfast. If you are working from home, it might be on your lunch hour at finding little tiny, like five, 10 minutes pockets of time to do tiny little bits of prep will mean that when you add heat, all you have to do is add heat. So on Instagram, when I list my weekly meal plan, there's two slides. The first one is how much time I am spending physically cooking. And usually it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes. Sometimes it's three hours in the oven, but I put it in the oven and I don't touch it. Yeah. And that the, which is very separate from the prep time, because I do a little bit of the prep earlier. I can really get dinner on the table in 15 minutes yeah. and that's a habit, but start small. Don't start doing that right away. Just start thawing your meat, right. start thawing your meat, plan your meals and thaw your meat. And you will feel like you are a rock star mom. Yeah, you do have to start little. I mean, even with with any type of new habit that you try to gain, if you take any goal and you look at this, well, I want to, you know, have a beach house. And but to get to there, you got to do all these little things to, you know, to, to get to get there. Um, don't get overwhelmed and holding yourself accountable too. I think is is huge. Even myself with starting one, two, three mom squad and you know, getting emails out on Monday mornings and releasing podcasts for Thursday mornings. I mean, there's been days that I'm like, oh crap, I forgot to do an email, but I, I'm doing like, I, you just, you just have to, you do have to almost like just hold yourself accountable. And instead of thinking like, I don't want my family to suffer and have to eat something, you know, that's not good for them, you know, that they're my people. I, they deserve a good, a good meal. And, um, it definitely, it's, it's definitely a challenge. And I know life as we know, it has never been more busy for any family. You know, I think we're all expected to kind of do all the things and, and then, you know, have these healthy humans. And then here we are as adults suffering with these chronic illnesses and, and pain and symptoms and joint problems and everything that goes with it, because we, we don't have the time to really focus on our own health or for our family, because we're just so busy. You know, I mean, I used to, before I had a family and I was just cooking for me and my husband, I used to love to look in my, I have a ton of cookbooks and I used to just pick one out and I'm like, oh, I can, you know, do this for an hour. And I would love to just try new recipes. And, um, but yeah, now it's like, you just, you, you, you can't do it. And you kind of, even with the kids, it's like, mom, I've got, I've got this, you know, in an hour, what can I eat real quick? That's, you know, you don't want to give them something either. That's going to sit in their stomach or, you know, um, make them not feel good while they're either a dance or sports or whatever. Um, but most of the time it's when they come home and sometimes it's really late. So <laughs> do you want my favorite snack <laughs> tip for that? Absolutely. My favorite, this is my hands down. Like this is something I will tell people and over and over again is buy yourself a pre-made veggie tray at the grocery store or the big box store. This is like the kind of thing you'd grab and take to a party, you know, and it has pre-cut veggies and it has dip. And when your kids get home from school or when they get home from practice and you're not quite finished fixing dinner, put that out on the table. And in your mind, this is the vegetable for dinner in their mind. It's snack. And it starts the dinner, but you don't have to clean. 
You don't have to wash. You don't have to cut up. It is a hundred percent. You just like open it up and put it on the table Buy one a week. And you just open it up and put it on the table. And that is something that really helps with that snacky time or that witching hour, you know, where you're still fixing dinner and the kids are hungry and everybody's grabbing whatever they can shove in their mouth. If you put one of those out while they're shoving food in their mouth, they're more likely to shove some veggies in. That's a great idea. That's an amazing idea because uh, both of my kids will actually eat raw vegetables. And then when yep. you put ranch, ranch is like, I don't know if you have ranch where you're up. I mean, we have, it's like the only thing that my, the only dressing that my kids absolutely love. And my son admitted to me not too long ago that in lunch in school, he takes ranch packets and just eats the ranch dressing packets. I'm like, oh, okay. That's really, really gross. But whatever. Like he just started dipping pizza rolls in ranch dressing. Oh, good Lord. But anyways, whatever, you know? So, okay. Well, that's, you know, I'm, I, I can definitely do a veggie tray. I can definitely yeah. do a veggie tray. Yeah. Try a veggie tray. And I mean, you can clean them yourself if you want to, but if you're busy, just buy those pre-made ones. Like I yeah. get them at Sam's. They're not that expensive and super easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have any tips on how to get somebody as even myself. I mean, I'm, I'm a very plain, simple when it comes to like eating the popular vegetables and fruits, but like, like the ones that are even like, like the avocado is such a huge craze nowadays. I, I don't like it. What is, how can I, is there a recipe or a way that I can cook it, make it, introduce it to my, to me, to my family, um, I don't know if, I mean, I, the avocado is okay. a, a healthy. A avocados healthy have lots of healthy fruit. fats, but you're not a fan of avocados. Like you don't like no. guacamole. Okay. No. Okay. Well, first thing is you don't have to follow every craze. So just because someone says it's healthy, if your family doesn't like it, I give you permission to not eat it. So there's the first thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so just know that the second thing is, um, I, we had to eat grain-free, dairy-free, sugar-free for a while. I had a kid with some health issues and we were, so we were just being, and I said, if one kid's going to eat this way, the whole family's going to eat this way. And I made chocolate avocado pudding that was to die for. So you get a really ripe avocado and you put it either a blender or a food processor with a couple of tablespoons of maple syrup and a couple of tablespoons of cocoa powder and you blend it and it is delicious. It is smooth. Really? It is creamy. It is velvety. Um, Whoa, yeah, you're making and, me hungry. And you, and sometimes put in just a tiny, the tiniest pinch of a really high quality sea salt. Like you don't want a lot. You don't want it to be salty, but anytime they're sweet and you've got just a tiny bit of salt to balance out the flavors, you could also put a splash of vanilla in there. But, um, that is how I would get a non-avocado eater to try avocados because even kids that like won't touch vegetables will eat this avocado pudding because it is delicious. Wow. That really um, does sound pretty good. I might have to maybe put that recipe in the show notes. So people, <laughs> oh, you know, what? I don't have one on my website, but, um, if you type in avocado pudding, you can find one. It's pretty, um, or paleo avocado pudding. Like that would be an paleo? easy way to okay. find paleo avocado pudding. You'll find, you'll find dozens of recipes on that, but that's just, that's, that's how I would 
get you to eat avocado. But you know, here's the thing with other things is anytime you're trying to do new things, you go back to that principle that I say is do not change base flavors and base ingredients at the same time. So if you are trying a new ingredient, you want to look for a recipe that has flavors that your family already likes. So if you're looking for a recipe that has avocados, then look for recipes that have flavors. So if you like Mexican flavors, go that way. If you like Italian flavors, go that way. If you like the curry flavors, go that way. If you like things spice, you know, look for flavors that all that already like, and don't try a new recipe unless at least half of the ingredients are something that's familiar to you and your family that you enjoy. And that's a good way to sort through half of the millions of recipes that are in the palm of your hand on your phone. Right. Everything is literally at the tip of our fingertips nowadays. Uh, and, and you do go through it and sometimes you're like, oh, well that one looks, sometimes they have the simplest recipe on like, you know, one thing or on one rep- website and you look at the same recipe on another website and it's got 15 other ingredients for the same thing. So yeah, I'm not going to use that. I'm not going to use that recipe because I don't have all these strange ingredients in my house. <laughs> but um, for the yeah. most part, I think all of us have, you know, the base, the basic needs or the basics, you know, seasonings and whatnot. Um, everybody in my house besides myself eats cheese. I am not a cheese eater. And like, you know, obviously I'll have like pizza or mozzarella sticks, but I won't put extra cheese on things. Um, But my family is cheese, cheese, cheese. So, I mean, I don't avoid it. I mean, I have a ton of cheese or I'll cut cheese platters up for them and stuff. But um, yeah, so um, I don't even know where I was going with that. But I mean, because we're all different, you know, we all have different preferences. So Everyone has different preferences. And I want to give you and your listeners permission to know that when you are in busy seasons of life or you're in overwhelming seasons of life, it is okay to be boring. Sometimes it's okay to have like 12 meals in your arsenal and you rate rotate through them, you know, and, and, and for me, what's going to happen is when you're doing those same 12 recipes, then the weather's going to change. And you're going to start remembering some of these old recipes. And that's part of what happens with the Feed Your Family Tonight meal planning system is you have this ongoing master list that you add to. And I tell families that you don't want to move everything from this kind of basic list to your permanent list until you've served it to your family three times with success. Because the first time you serve it, they're going to be like, oh, this is great. And the second time they're going to be like, uh, and then the third time they're like, we don't like this. (laughs) And I, I mean, you laugh because you know, what's happened to you. So if you can serve it with relative success three times, then it can go to your full on master list, but you know, you've got to try foods on your family at least three times to kind of see if they really, really like it. And if they don't, the season's going to change and you're going to be like, okay, it's spring now. Oh my gosh. I have not made a pea risotto in so long. I feel like spring peas and asparagus and things that are spring veggies. And then the summer's going to hit and you're like, let's break out the grill. And then the fall's going to hit and it's like, okay, anything that go in the oven. And so as the seasons naturally change, those 12 base meals are going to rotate naturally anyway, just because of the rhythm of the seasons. And so who cares if you have the same 12 meals for three months, whoop de doo this is true. This is a good point. I wish I could grill all year long, but in <laughs> Buffalo, it yeah. is not possible um, unless I would put one in my garage or whatever, which I may do because, I, you know, I, 
I sometimes just get very desperate for sometimes a hot dog or a hamburger. Yeah. But then, you know, a month into summer, you're like, if I have one more hot dog, I'm going to explore, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've all been, we've all been there. And, and that, yeah, yeah, you get tired of it. But again, in seasons of life, it's okay. It's yeah. okay to be boring. Yeah. You just got to make it through the days too. I mean, and sometimes like sometimes you, you have to almost give yourself permission to, to, I don't, I don't want to say like the bad mom or whatever, but you know, the, the mom that is like, you know what, if you're just going to have cereal for dinner, you can just have cereal for dinner if you're not going to eat it. Because in the beginning, when the kids were growing, I was more concerned, but you know, as they're teens or, you know, they're, they're growing up and now they're just whatever it is that they're going to eat. You can't make them really kind of eat them anymore, you know, but I'm like, if you just want some cereal, then, then fine. I'm not gonna, you know, strap you into a high chair and make you <laughs> like you were little, try, you know, try these little things and this and this, and you made them look all cute. No, no, you just gotta get through the days with as less stress as you can just, um, doing the best that you can. And if, if cereal calls for it, or, you know, like you said, pancakes or breakfast, you know, breakfast for dinner, we did that actually just a, a couple of days ago. So it was, and it worked, it worked. And it's something my husband helped with. So I was all for it. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated. It does. Sometimes I think we feel like our food has to look like food network. And right. if you look at food network, they're making food for their fancy friend lunches and their chefs competing against each other. And it's not reality of a family's weeknight dinners. And so don't hold yourself to a standard that is not even realistic. I, I certainly don't. If you see the foods that if you look at my meal plans, I like, if you scroll through my Instagram, it's like, I'm making the same things over and over again. And, and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's awesome. I love, I love all your points and your, your PSA approach. Um, uh, I definitely think that that's a great way to approach, approach the week and small, tiny, you know, little increments of improve, you know, I don't want, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, not improvements, but just trying to help. Yeah. I guess it, it improve, is improvements. Right? Yeah. Habits. A habit, right. To, um, to get, to get to that next point of, of trying to, get everybody around the dinner table at the same time, even if it's for 15 minutes, you know, um, just to say, Hey, how was your day? I think, I think we all need, need more of that. We all need, you know, face-to-face connection because everything is just too, you know, in the palm of our hands with our, with our phones and, you know, the texting. I mean, I don't remember the last time I've actually phone called a person, um, you know, and it's sad. It's really, really sad, you know, and, I just think that we're so disconnected from each other nowadays that um, it, at least trying to get, you know, dinner on the table three, four times a week is, is something that every family should try and strive for. And here's the thing is my mission at Feed Your Family tonight, I, I use food as my way to build stronger families, because I firmly believe that the family dinner table is a place of connection and stability and predictability for your children. If you can get in the habit of regular family meals, and it's not, may not be every night and your family meal might be breakfast, but if you can get the statistics are proven that your children have better outcomes and what happens in my family is that, you know, half the time it's get your elbows off the table, sit down while you're eating, you know, and then eat, 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 let's get off to the next thing. But every once in a while, 
will have, and this happens to my family at Sunday brunch a lot, is that we know that we don't have to be rushing anywhere. And that's when my children will bring the tender topics. And that's when we have the chance to talk about the values, the things our family values and debate and answer their questions on real serious things. I mean, I've got teenagers, so we get into the heavy stuff now (laughs) and, and, and I, it doesn't happen on purpose, but it would not happen if they did not feel that the family dinner table was a safe place and it was a consistent place that was always going to be there. Even if 90% of the time it's crazy, that 10% of the time when things slow down and it's probably more like 1% than 10 is worth building the habit. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more on that. That's absolutely. That's so true. That's so true. Well, Marie, I, I can't thank you enough for all your amazing food and dinner advice and how to keep our connections together with our families and how important it is. And I'm definitely going to link up all, all of your, you know, uh, social media links and everything. So everybody can connect with you and find your resources and hopefully try and make this a habit. And I'm going to work on it myself as well. Oh, wonderful. Jenny, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. I do have two questions for you that I'm asking all of my guests. So with no prompts, um, if you could go back to any time period, whether it be you be a child or a teen, high school, college, or a young mom, what time period would it be and why? Oh gosh, I don't know that I want to go back. I mean, I, I, I like where I'm at now and, you know, even the mistakes that I made in the past, they all were a piece of learning and made me who I am now. Um, but I would go back to one vacation, um, in 2017, our family went to Poland and Italy, and it was some of the most magical 14 days of our lives. And we still talk about that over and over again. So I would definitely go back to that trip and just relish every minute. Ah, yeah, there are definite vacations that I would definitely love to go back to that could last longer. And yeah, that you go there in your memory, in your memory bank, sometimes when life gets a little tart, when life gets a little tricky for you. Yeah. Um, and one more would be what advice would you give anybody who is out there struggling from any type of chronic illness, whether it be, you know, a physical pain, it could be a mental illness. Do you have any advice for them? Well, the first thing is that you are enough and that you don't have to be perfect and you need to honor the season of life that you are in and honor the capability of your body where it's at. So if you are not capable of fixing dinner and having everything homemade, then buy the frozen veggies and buy the rotisserie chicken and buy the bag salad. It is okay to use grocery store shortcuts and do not expect yourself to do more than what your body is physically capable of. You've got to honor the time and place that you're in and know that your family's going to be okay. You know, bagged chicken nuggets count for dinner, cereal counts for dinner, box macaroni and cheese counts for dinner. And if that's what you're capable of in this season, then honor your body and know that your family's going to be okay. Oh, I love that. And we all need, definitely all need to honor ourselves and give ourselves a little grace once in a while, because we're, 
always the first ones to point the finger back at ourselves and well you could have done this and you could have done this well it's okay because we just gotta get from one connection point to the other sometimes and some seasons are rougher than others but that is a very good point yeah. I guess absolutely yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and talking to me and my audience. I hope that everybody had, um, you know, found some value in, in this and hoping to get everybody together on the dinner table. So that would be, or around the dinner table, not on the dinner table. <laughs> that could be it's, fun too. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Oh, <laughs> Jenny. Music and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for party. having me. Yeah. yeah. Have a dance party. Thanks so much for having me here. This was Absolutely. really, really fun. And, um, if you're listeners, just find me. I'm everywhere at Feed Your Family Tonight. So don't be afraid to reach out. Awesome. Thanks so much, Marie. You have a great day. Okay. And we'll talk soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hi, friends. Let me take a quick minute and thank our very first show sponsor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. It's so easy, even I can do it. Trust me, that means you can do it too. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you all for being here. I am so glad we found each other. See you next time. Have an incredible day, my beautiful friends.